Happy New Year, friends. Hope you had a great New Year's. I know it was different, but I'm all the well. I mean, I'm just glad that we are done with 2020 and 2021 is happening. But here's the big question, right? How has 2020 left us? I mean, I think it's left us with a lot of questions. I think for so many of us, it's like uh, it, just, it just brings up all kinds of questions, doesn't it? I mean, I wrote some down. I mean, like, how do you, where do you find yourself right now? right, after 2020? I mean, um, the question is like, um, is things going to get better? Are we still in the middle of this thing? I mean, are, 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 is, is, is tomorrow going to be better? You know, how is that going to work? I mean, if you're in Charlotte, it's raining. I mean, this is not the best day for, you know, the first day of the year. I mean, we all have all kinds of thoughts going in our heads, right? Like, what about resolutions? Are we even making those this year? I mean, what's the deal? I, I'm not quite sure if we should or not. I mean, some people are like, I'm not doing anything. I'm just trying to, I'm just, I'm just waiting for all of this mess to clear up, which I get that idea. I get the mentality. I kind of feel that some days, but I don't know if that's the healthiest place to be. So what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Well, this is the first weekend, first Sunday of 2021. And I want to talk to you a little bit about where should we go from here? Like, regardless of how 2020 has kind of left you, where should we move forward? I mean, because we have to move forward. Because we can't be we can't be waiting. Because once you start waiting, you're basically waiting and you're worrying, right? But I want you to not wait and worry. I want you to like kind of walk in faith. And so, what does that look like? What does that mean? Well, what I want to do is I want to take you to an Old Testament passage, and I believe it's, it speaks so much to what we need to do. Our next step, our what we need to do right now, regardless of all the the complicated issues that you are uniquely dealing with, I think God wants to speak to us. Now, uh, we're going to go to an Old Testament passage, like I told you. It's in Isaiah uh, 43. Can you say Isaiah 43? Okay, that's awesome. Isaiah 43. Now, if you have uh, a digital device, you can go to it. But as you're going to it, um, because we're going to go through it, and it'll be really great if you could follow along. And I'm using the NLT translation, just so you know. And so we're going to go kind of verse by verse in this. So we're going to start with, you know, Verse 1, and we're going to go to about uh, verse uh, 13, all right? So as you're going to uh, that passage here, let me just tell you a couple of things. Number one, let me tell you why I love and why I hate mask wearing. Mask wearing, yes. Now, um, number one, why do I love it? Now, do it. Does anyone love it? I use that word very loosely, very generously. I don't really love, love it. But I do like the fact that it's getting colder right now. And so having something on my face to help with the cold helps because I'm from the Middle East. So that kind of works for me. Um, um, I also like the fact that I'm able to do something that's generous and that's kind for other people. So I get to do that and I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll wear a mask for you. I don't like doing it, but I feel like I'm doing something that I really don't want to do for the sake of other people. So that makes me feel good. So that's what I l- kind of love wearing masks. Now, let me, let's ta- let me talk to you about why I hate wearing a mask. A couple of reasons. Number one, it gets me into trouble. I don't know about you, but I still forget my mask. It's another accessory that you you forget. I mean, I've tried to, like, keep several on hand. I just don't even know. The other day, I went into a restaurant. I walked right in, did not have a mask on, realized that I didn't have a mask on. I was with with some friends, and I'm like, they're going to go be seated at at the table. And I didn't know what to do, so I just kind of did this number and just started walking really fast to the table. I was hoping no one saw me sitting there, and this this waitress comes by, and this is what, this is so funny. She goes, "Hey, sweetie, now now 
you're in the South, hey, sweetie is normal, right? I guess, I guess. But she was clearly younger than me, like clearly younger than me. She's like, hey, sweetie, can you, can you wear this mask? She brought a mask, a disposable mask, and she was like, hey, if you go to the bathroom or whatever like that, could you just wear this for me, please? I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And then I, had, I, had to, I felt like I had to tell her all the reasons why I forgot it and this, and she didn't even care. She didn't care. So anyways, now, Another reason why I hate wearing a mask is because I feel like I go through stages where, um, where I, 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 uh, I'm okay with wearing a mask, and then all of a sudden there are days where I'm like, I, I can't think properly. Like, my mental uh, processing is affected. My, I have, like, cognitive dissonance, if you, if you will. I mean, I, I just don't even know what's going on. I put on a mask, and I cannot, like, put thoughts together. Case in point, the other day I was at Starbucks, and... Um, I notice something that when I go to order my, my drink or whatever my food is, and my drink is the same, I can't seem to figure out what I want. It's the same drink. It's the same drink. And so what I, re- I, what I did is I, cl- I have to close my eyes to focus. Like I have a mask on, I've closed my eyes, and I'm like, okay, uh, what I want is, and then I have to use my hands because I feel like I, I'm constricted. So I'm like, uh, uh, I need a large gr- uh, a, a grande, a pike, with three Splendas and uh, a half and half, enough half and half that it's the color of my skin. Uh, yeah, that's what I need. And I'm doing this, and I notice my eyes are closed. The person is looking at me like, what are you doing? I just look like a crazy person. So now what I do is I just wear my glasses, my shades, and my mask, and then I start talking. And it's kind of ridiculous. Anyways, I digress. I digress. Now, why do I bring this up? Obviously, because masks are life right now, and it feels like 2021 is going to be living like hashtag mask life uh, some more. Now, the reason why I bring it up, though, is because this idea of like being restricted by something um, um, that uh, it, that kind of makes you or unable makes you unable to comprehend and make decisions is something that's worth us talking about. And this passage in the Old Testament actually addresses this ability for us to have the power to do the things we need to do, uh, the ability to understand and comprehend what's going on, and it's connected to how uh, it's connected to actually our hearing and our seeing. And so basically this passage talks about the importance of like hearing the right things because what we hear affects what we end up seeing and then what we end up seeing affects what we end up doing. And so this passage really speaks into that. So let's jump right in. Like I said, it's in Isaiah. You probably found it by now. It's Isaiah 43. It says this, but, but now, but now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you. By the way, I love this passage. Love it. Okay. Keeps on going. O Israel, the one who formed you says, do not be afraid for I have ransomed you. I have called you by my name. I love this part. You are mine. When you go through deep waters, I I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burnt up. The flames will not consume you, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Ah, Love this thing, right? It's such an epic, such a dope passage. I'm like, this is what I want to tattoo right, right, right here. 
It's going to be painful. But it's just so powerful, right? So powerful. He's like, don't be afraid. I've ransomed you. I've called you by my name. And then he, when he says, you are mine, I'm like, oh my gosh, yes, yes, yes. This is, this is so great. So great. I love this because I remember the first time I actually heard this passage. Like, I didn't know this passage existed in the Bible. I was in a church service, um, I don't know, even know how many years ago. I went up to do some response time things, like went up for prayer or something. I came back on my seat, and there was a little note, and it just said Isaiah 43. It's Isaiah 43, 1 through 5. And this was the passage. And man, it spoke to me. And even now, I remember that moment. I mean, it had to be, it had to be probably 20 years ago. So by the way, if you ever feel like nudged of, the, of God to like speak to someone or give them a note or send something encouraging, make sure you do that because it will impact them for like years to come. And so this passage I love because when I first read this, I was going through all kinds of things. Maybe you're going through them as well. Maybe you're going through a river of difficulty. Maybe you're going through a fire of oppression. Maybe you're going through something that you're like, I don't know if I'll make it to the end of this. I'm not quite sure. I mean, 2020 has left you to a place you're like, if this continues, I'm not quite sure if I'm going to make it. And here, here, God is talking and he's telling a, pe a people, he's telling them, hey, this is what I am. This is who I am. This is my relationship to you. Here's my deal. And here's what he says here. If you notice in, this, in the passage that we just read, he says, I have ransomed you and you're mine. Like I'm redeeming you. I'm like, you are mine. He's like, I've called you by my name. He's like double owning you, like, like twice owning you. He's, he says, he's publicly saying that I'm your creator. And then he's personally saying, but I'm also your redeemer. So he's, make, he's saying like, I know you intimately. I know you holistically. And I'm telling you, you are mine. Then he keeps on going. He says, do not be afraid, for I am with you. I, I will gather you and your children from the east and the west. I will say to the north and the south, bring my sons and daughters back to Israel from the distant corners of the earth. Bring all who claim me as their God, for I have made them for my glory. It was I who created them. Bring out the people who have, e who have eyes but are blind and who have ears but our death. Now let's stop right here. Again, you, you, you see what he's doing? He's like, I've redeemed you. I created you. You are mine. But then he says, bring out the people. Did you notice? All the people who have eyes but are blind and have ears but are deaf. He's alluding to the fact that there are people, that, that, are, that are his people. There, there are Christians, in a sense, in our context, people who know God, but they're looking around, they're, they're listening, and they don't hear him. They're listening, but they, 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 they can't seem to understand or hear what God is saying. They're looking at things around, but they can't seem to see God. And he's like, this is a problem. You see, when you and I have the, uh, when we, we struggle with the idea of actually hearing from God and seeing God, I'm telling you, it affects our power to actually do what God is calling us to do. And here, what is he saying? He's saying, bring them out, bring them out. I want to show you, I want to show you. Listen to me, listen to me. What is he doing? He's talking about the importance, again, of what? Of, 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 of us hearing and, and seeing to be able to do the things he's calling us to do. So let's keep on reading here. He says, gather the nations together. Assemble the people of the, of the world. Which of their idols have ever for, uh, foretold such things? Which can predict what will happen tomorrow? Where? Where are the witnesses uh, of such predictions? Who can verify they spoke the truth? But you, he says, but you are my witnesses. 
O Israel, says the Lord, you are my servant. You have been chosen. This is awesome. He says, you have been chosen to what? Know me, believe in me, and understand that I alone am God. There is no other God. There has never been, there never will be, yes, I, I yes, I am the Lord. Uh, there is no other Savior. Then he goes on and says, from eternity to eternity, I am God. No one can snatch anyone out of my hand. No one can undo what I have done. Friends, you gotta, you gotta understand, you, you gotta like lean into this. What is God saying here? He's painting a picture. He's like, listen to me. I've created you, I've redeemed you. Publicly, privately, personally, I know you. And I'm telling you something. Uh, that you can bring other gods out there, you can bring other people out there. No one's claiming what, this, what I'm claiming. Uh, my commitment to you is legit, it's, it's for real, it's gonna go the distance. I know things are falling apart. Right here in, in their context, things were, had fallen apart already. Isaiah is speaking to a people who are in exile. Things are not good, my friends, in their world. But right now, at this point, they're speaking out truth. And I think for right now, for us, God is saying the same thing. He's saying, I know, I know that 2020 has left you broken, at, at loss, uh, confused, uncertain, and even maybe without faith. But if you would just come close, if you would just come close, and let me, let me just show you some things. I'm telling you, let me tell you, let me just tell you who, who I am. Let me just tell you my commitment to you. And that is this, that I am committed to you from eternity to eternity. I am God. And guess what? No one, no one can snatch you from my hand. Like, I'm not going to let go of you. You might think you're free falling. I'm telling you, I've got, I got you. You might think you're falling apart. I got you. You might think I've let, I've let go. I've got you. I've got you. I've got you. So if you move into two, to 2021 with this idea of like, I'm not quite sure, I'm not quite sure. That's okay, but just know this. God's got you and not, nothing, no one can undo what he, what, what he has done. No one. I think for some of us, we need to hear this. We need to hear this. And the reason why I say we need to hear this is because if we're, if we're able to hear, we, we, if we're able to hear, then we'll be able to see and then we'll be able to do. So what is the one line, what's the big idea in this whole message, this one thing that God wants to communicate to you right now? It's this, you and I, we need ears to hear and eyes to see so we have the power to do what God wants us to do. Repeat after me. Let's just do it. Let's just do it. Okay, what do we need? We need what? Ears to hear, yes, and what? Eyes to see, yes, so we can have the power to do. Friends, that is the big idea. And the reason why it's a big idea, because it's essential for us to really l lean into it and allow that to um, be a part of what we're going to do next. Like we have to do the things we have to do to make sure we have the ears to hear, the eyes to see, so we can have the power to comprehend and power and the courage to do what we need to do. I was just talking to a, uh, to, uh, a guy who's a part of our community, uh, goes to Mosaic, and, and um, he had a, a crazy opportunity. He actually has a crazy opportunity, uh, an opportunity actually to work in um, my home country, which is Kuwait. And he got a job offer in Kuwait, and he called me up. He's like, hey, listen, so here's my scenario. 
He's uh, lived abroad. He's uh, traveled abroad. He's worked abroad. He's in education. And so he's like, tell me about Kuwait. What do you think? They offered me the job. Should I do this? And we spent, I guess, an hour just talking about all the things, you know, because making a, uh, I mean, he's got a family. I mean, trying to make a decision like this uh, is complicated. And then he asked me, he's like, I just want to know what God wants me to do. And I'm like, good luck. Because I'm like, if you're calling the pastor to find out what God wants you to do, that's a bad idea. I mean, because I don't know. I don't know the, the details. I don't know uh, the, the, the things you have to consider. I mean, the things I'm considering are very different. All I can tell you is about Kuwait and my hometown. Here's the laws, and here's what I can, I can tell you what you will run into. And, and this is, the things are going to change here, and you're going to face this kind of issues. And I can tell you all that, but I can't really say this is a God thing. This is a God thing. And so as we prayed uh, together at the end, I mean, I was just praying for clarity. I was just praying that God, that you would give him the eyes uh, to, to see, God, that you would give him the he- uh, ears to hear, God, that you would, give him, uh, uh, you would give him the insight that he needs because he needs wisdom and clarity so he can have the courage to make the right call. And it's a complicated call. What about you, friends? I mean, this guy's going to Kuwait, but what about your crisis? Like, what about your issue? What about the next thing you need to do? I mean, do you even know? I mean, it could be as simple as, okay, what do I, what my, what do I, what does my attitude need to be going into this year? Friends, I, I, I know that you're struggling with this because I think we're all struggling with this. The idea of like, what, what is this, what, can we dream again? Can we, can we though? Can we really um, create, can we? Because, I, you know, uh, last year didn't really work out. I mean, can we do something? Can we, what, what do we do? What do we do? I mean, I know that going into this year, I had all kinds of ideas. I mean, in fact, if you were following up us on, those, uh, you know, following our, our talks and all that, and you've been a part of us for a while, uh, and if you remember last year, last year, the first uh, Sunday's message was about the word of the year. And we gave out these clips, I mean, not clips, uh, these uh, these. Um, flyers and uh, these note cards kind of things. And we said, hey, write down your word. And we had a whole campaign about like your word. My word was courageous. Like that was the word. And whoo, hello, that's happened. I mean, the, the, the things that I've had to do, the things I've had to navigate, the decisions I've had to make this year in the midst of not just a pandemic, but in the midst of, you know, you know, you've lived here. I mean, if you've not lived here, you lived in the world. You know, it's been, uh, there's been plenty of opportunities for all of us to, ha- to, to, to use a little bit of courage to do the next thing. And we need, we've needed wisdom. We've needed all kinds of things. And most importantly, we needed the voice of God in our lives. And so what is God saying in this passage? He's saying, hey, come close, come close, come close. You have, you have ears, but you're not listening. You, don't, you can't hear me. You have, you have eyes, but you're not seeing. And the reason, and, and because of that, you're not doing the things that you're called to do. You're not being the people that I've called you to be. Come close, come close. Let me tell you who I am. Listen to my voice. Friends, um, I don't know what you're going to do uh, next year. Uh, I mean, uh, 2021. I don't know what your plans are, but I will tell you this. You, gotta, you need the voice of God. If there's one thing you need to do and I need to get better at is, is understanding and discerning the voice of God. And the one thing the world needs is the voice of God. And here's like the tension too. Based on the passage we just read, here's what he's saying. He's saying, you're actually going to be my witnesses. Did you catch that? He said, you're my servants. He says, you're the people. 
So he's saying you're God's voice to the world. Well, if we are that, <laughs> I don't know about you, but I, I, gotta, I got work to do. I got to figure out how to discern what, what's going on. Like, what do I got to do? Uh, because, I mean, I, I mean, I, I, what, I mean I don't, what do I do, right? We, I got to get better at this. Is it me wearing a mask and then closing my eyes and then doing uh, that? that? What, what, what do you do? What do you do? Well, the scriptures, isn't, they don't leave us alone here and leave us to fend for ourselves. They actually speak to us here. Um, let me uh, connect another passage to this passage. I'm going to go to the New Testament. It's in John. I'm going to go to the book of John and chapter 10, verses 27, 28. Okay? Uh, this passage reads like this. This is Jesus, and he's saying this. My sheep, he says, my sheep hear, I mean, sorry, listen to my voice. They, I know them, and they follow me. So basically he's saying is, my sheep know my voice. They listen to my voice. They know me. They follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. And then he says this, no one can, that's that word again, no one can snatch them away from me. Again, this passage connecting to the Old Testament passage, Jesus is saying the same thing. My sheep, he's talking to us, my people know my voice. They listen. They have the ability to hear my voice, and they follow me, and they know me. Now, growing up in the Middle East, like I said, I'm, I lived in Kuwait. I grew up there. I, I was used to shepherds. I, I know back in the day, I mean, it was a thing. It was like um, I, in my neighborhood, there'd be shepherds coming through with their sheep and the flock of sheep would come and they were stinky and I didn't like them at all. And if I missed them, uh, there was always remnants of them. As in, this is how you knew that it, like a flock of sheep had gone by. Number one, they poop everywhere. They poop everywhere. And then they eat everything. They just eat random things. Like if there's pieces of paper, there's trash, they'll start eating stuff, and you, you just know. And so I've been, have had several occasions where I'm observing these uh, sheep, observing the shepherds, talk to the sheep, and it's crazy. I've tried to shoo, shoo, shush, shush. Is that, is that what you do? Shush, sheep away. Say that a couple times. Shush, sheep away. I've tried to, try to do that in different languages, and I'm like, yalla, 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 halisni, yalla, yalla, or is this a and that's Urdu, that was Arabic, or get out of here. Apparently, these sheep are not bilingual, and apparently they only speak one language, or they just have ears for one person, because I would be screaming at them to do something or move, they wouldn't do a thing. And as soon as the shepherd says something, I, I mean, he was speaking Arabic, maybe they're all Arab sheep, I don't know, but they would respond instantly to him. They knew his voice. And so when Jesus says this, he, when he makes this illustration, people there understood that there is something about having the ability to hear a particular voice and then having the courage to respond to it and the obedience to respond to it and the, the, and the habit to respond to it. And that's what he's saying. He says we need to understand that. We've got to hear so we don't be, become people like in the Old Testament who have ears to hear but they don't hear. They have eyes to see, but they don't see. And they have the courage and the, and, the, and the purpose to do and the destiny to fulfill, and they don't possess it. So we don't want to do that. So what do we got to do? We got to be people who hear and listen and know God's voice. So what's interesting about this idea of voice is that it's, 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 it has a couple of things to it, right? It has tone, rhythm, tone, rhythm, and sound. So tone is, is pitch and strength and the quality of a sound. So I think what God is saying is, you've got to understand my tone. 
Like not just like just the words on a page or someone something uh, someone said, uh, someone who's been praying for you or a sign that you saw. No, learning to hear God's voice, having ears to hear God's voice means that we have to understand and be familiar with his pitch and strength and quality of sound. Let me explain it this way. You, 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 can, you can hear, you can, you, someone can say something to you about something someone else said, and you have said this before. It doesn't sound like them. Have you ever said that? It doesn't sound like them. It doesn't sound like them. Why do you say that? You say that because you, have, you know the person's character, and you're like, I don't think this person would say that. Or have you ever said this? I don't think that's what she meant, even though maybe you know what she meant. But anyways, you know, like this doesn't sound like them. They would never say that out loud. I mean, they would never do this. Why? Because you know tone. You understand it. You can walk by a conversation and you'd be like, oh, something's going on there. There's a tone to it. Someone can say something like, good morning, and you know they don't really mean good morning. They mean, what are you doing here? Or they mean, you're late again. You understand tone. God is saying, hey, understand my tone. And the way you understand it is you, you put it against my character. So if you feel like the, uh, what I'm telling you or someone's telling you that says that, uh, that they're representing me, and if they're fear-based, if they're rushing you, it's probably not my voice. Why? Because, I mean, even James, right? In the book of James, he, t- he tells us that the wisdom the, the direction from God that comes from God from above is what? Pure. It's peaceable. It's gentle. It's full of mercy and is free from hypocrisy. So when you hear something and you're like, I don't think this connects. This, this, is, this, this is not something God would do. This seems hypocritical. It's probably not God. What about, what about rhythm? Rhythm. I love this idea that, that a voice has rhythm. Rhythm is what? Regular, repeated patterns of movement. Regular, repeated patterns of movement. Man, this is, this is something that we can, we can really wrap our minds around. What God is saying to us is, hey, you, look at my patterns. Like, look at my patterns. See, that's why I think hearing is connected to seeing, and, and then seeing is connected to doing. It's all connected. Because when you hear something, you begin to see something. Have, has Henry told you uh, or tried to describe something to you? And, and then you are actually framing that in your mind. Like, in your mind's eye, you're making it up. You're, you're, and that's what, that's, what, uh, that's what people love reading books. Because as the writer t- starts painting uh, uh, like with words, you begin forming your own ideas of like, oh, this is the scene. This is what it looks like. And it could be as simple as directions too. You're like, ah, oh, yes, I know. Okay, I get that. I get that. Why? Because when you hear things, you begin creating and seeing things in your mind. The same is with misinformation. The same is with lies. The same is the stuff that you've, been, you've heard about, maybe how terrible you are or how useless you are or you're not enough. You take that and then you draw the reality. You create your reality and that affects what what you do in life. And so rhythm is so important here. What he's saying, he's saying, hey, so when you hear God, look, you can look at the patterns of how God has moved in the past. You can see a pattern. Can you see a pattern? When you see a pattern, you actually begin to hear the truth. You can discern the truth. I mean, even in the, uh, the passage that we read earlier, 
when he's talking about, um, I have redeemed you, I've uh, rescued you. Uh, he's talking about assemble all the peoples of the world. I mean, he's talking a lot of the language he's using, a lot of the language he's using, he's using as Exodus language, meaning that when, he, when the prophet was, was saying all these things, he's reminding people about who God is because I'm the Lord your God. The, the, the whole I'm the Lord your God phrase was again a reminder of people like, oh, oh, this is the same God who took us out of Egypt. The Lord your God. There, it, again, so they can go back and go, oh, hold on, there's a rhythm to this. I can believe that this is God because he's, he's doing the same thing he's used to, used to do before. So we have to learn those things, a rhythm to it. Just look in the past. Has God not saved you from this? Has God not opened the door? Or forget opening the door. Has God not created a door? That was a brick wall that, that only seemed like a brick wall? Of course he has. Of course he has. There's a rhythm. And then there's a sound. Sound. Sound is what? V vibrations that travel through the air. I love that. See, all the other things you personally uh, can sense, but vibrations can be felt by others. See, that's when other people come and play. That's when you take a decision. Like the guy said, hey, man, you're from Kuwait. This is a decision I got to make. What do you think? What do you think? What is he doing? Like the, he's, he's hearing the sound in, in a sense, of, this, uh, of, of God. He's, he's, uh, he's understanding. He's getting wisdom because he wants to see there's a vibration. See, that's why other people in your life, especially people in your life who are going the same direction you're going, are so important when you make decisions. If you want to make wise decisions, you have to use them to, uh, like, as vibrations. You have to go, hey, are you feeling what I'm feeling here? Am I, are you sensing what I'm sensing here? Is God, is, is this this feel God? Are, are you, you, are you, do you get this tone here? Is this a rhythm or I'm just seeing things? Is, it's, but when you connect all of those together, friends, that's when you go, okay, okay, okay. I can make a, I can, I can be, um, I can be sure of the fact that this is going to be difficult, but I can be sure of the fact that this, this definitely seems like God. See, that's how you learn to hear. Why? Because if we, if we hear, if we hear, then we begin to see. See, some of us are, have heard so many things and, and we're unable to see things in our life. You're unable to see like possibility and opportunity. You're unable to see um, um, a birth of something brand new, a birth of something very innocent because, man, this last year has been so cruel to you. I mean, I, I get that. I understand that. You've heard so much stuff and you're so disappointed. You're disappointed in people, people in power, maybe even relatives, friends. You're like, I don't know what this world's coming to. Have you felt that? Have you said that? I, I get that. I understand that. But see, when you hear all those things, what, what happens? You begin to see the world very differently. And for some of you, you're looking at 2021 and it's bleak. It's like it's a repeat of 2020. And friends, it cannot be, it should not be a repeat of 2020. It cannot be. You have another opportunity here. We have another opportunity here. But you have to stop listening to certain things. Like God saying, hey, bring the people who have ears but are not hearing. He's saying, hey, let me, let me say some stuff to you. Let me tell you some truth. Because if this truth will begin to create a world in you that you will actually see, and then you can actually have the power to do the things you need to do. See, God, friends, it is so important for us to do this. So important for us. Because we have to get better at this, and we have to learn to do this. It takes practice. Now, um, 
Before I pray for you and before we end this thing, I, I got to mention to you, I mean, some of you guys might be surprised by this. If you haven't kept up, I mean, this, I've done this um, new, uh, in the past 10 years. I've done it several times. I've actually hiked the Appalachian Trail. Now, you guys are like, you've, you've hiked the, the entire Appalachian Trail? Uh, no. Hello. Why would I do that? Why would I do that? Okay, have you seen these people on this trail? Have you ever had uh, hiked a, a trail? Now, I've done about 30 miles of the Appalachian Trail. The, the guy who goes with me on most of these trips is my brother-in-law. Apparently, he was born in the wilderness. Okay, I don't even know. He just, every excuse he gets, he wants to be in the wilderness, in the woods. I'm not even sure what's his problem. I mean, I come from a different background. I'm like, I want to be in the house. Like, why would I want to? I came from the desert. Like, I, I came... He wants to go back. He wants to live there. Like, I don't even know. Okay, he's done like 175 miles uh, on the Appalachian Trail. He's, he's hiked that. Anyways, so on these trips, what I really noticed about people who've been on this trail or, or know how to hike or know or are familiar with the woods, especially Paul Alverson, my brother-in-law, is that he has this ability. He has the ability to see a path when the trail ends. Do you hear me? He has the ability to see a path when the trail ends. I mean, I'm telling you, like if w- there were there times where I'm leading the, this, this, this group of people, I've gone with several guys, and we've got like, I mean, 50 pounds worth of stuff. I mean, we are staying there. I mean, we're, we're hiking, I mean, 10 miles, 15 miles a day kind of thing. It's, it's intense, okay? It's intense. And so I'm like just walking this trail, and I need a trail to just, say, you know, with like signs that say, this is the way, this is the way. And there have been moments, I remember several moments, I'm like, uh, trail's gone, friends. It's over. Hey, I think we did it. It's over because there's no more path. And, and my brother-in-law was like, that's the path. I'm like, no, that's not a path. He's like, yeah, yeah, that's the path. I'm like, no, no one's walked there. He's like, I can see people have walked there. I'm like, no, I don't think this is right. Now, I'm arguing with a guy who was apparently born and conceived in the woods. Uh, but like, I know, don't know, I don't know what I'm talking about. I mean, I have a hard time getting out of like a, par- a shopping center parking lot. But that's another story. But he has the ability to what? To see the path when the trail ends. I think we need that. I think you need that. I think we all need that going into 2021. We have to have the ability to see God's path even when the trail ends. And the way we do that, friends, is we learn to lean in. We learn to know. We learn the, uh, and we get better at hearing God's voice. Because here's the big thing, right? Here's the big idea, right? We, ha- we need to have ears to hear and eyes to see so we have the power to do. And I think for you, you need all that for your next step. So what is your next step? I don't know. It's complicated. You know that. You know it. I know it. It is. But what is God saying to you? What, is he, what could he have been... Um, confirming as, as you're listening to me. I know he's doing something. Do you see a tone there? Do you see a rhythm? Do you see a sound? Do you see, what do you, what do you see? Do you, do, you, do you see maybe a path, even though this trail in this career has ended? Do you see a path? Do you, do you see a way where uh, even though this relationship has gone a little sideways, you see it going back together again? What is God saying to you? That's what I want to pray, for, uh, pray with you about. 
What is God saying? Because whatever he is, I do know this. I do know this. He's not wanting you to just wait around. Even though it feels like we're in the middle of this thing, he does not want us to wait and worry. He wants us to walk in faith. And so the best thing we can do is just take the next best step for us. What is it, friends? What is it for you? So I want to pray for you. Also, I want to pray for those people who are like, you know what, man, this has been a while since I've re-engaged in a faith conversation, as in like this is the first time I've, I've tuned in and I'm listening to this and I'm, I'm, I, think, I think God wants me to kind of start back this relationship with him. Great. I want to pray for you. I mean, maybe this is, this, is, this is a Sunday where you go, you know what, I'm going to commit my life to him. I'm going to re-engage with Jesus and my relationship with him. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to start back. I'm going to start back, like, tuning in. Hey, I would love for you to do that. Make that a commitment. You're going to jump in to the Sunday mornings watching this and engaging. If you're watching this live, you're chatting, you're getting, you're getting more involved in the community. Man, go online. I mean, we've got all these opportunities from morning breath, that which is... Uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. We have different people who come and speak life into you. And tune in on Instagram, on Facebook. Join this conversation. We're going to be offering Insta groups, which are going to be like Bible studies online as well. I mean, I know that we can't meet together, but let's not use that. Let's not use that as, as an excuse to not step into all that God has for us. Come on, let's have ears to hear so we can have eyes to see, so we can have the power to do all that God's called us to do. And let's pray together. Father, I just thank you so much for um, this conversation because it is so important for us to lean in. God, for some of us, uh, we are faced with so much grief and sorrow, so much frustration, so much uncertainty that's literally clouding us and we don't know what to do. God, I thank you that you, you're here in the midst of us. God, again and again you have said, as you walk through, as you go through all the things you're going through, I am going to be with you. He, you've told us again and again and again, do not be afraid. I have formed you. I have created you. I have ransomed you. I have called you by my name. God, I pray that these words would just would sink deep into our souls, God, that they would, that they would just um, they would take hold of us. God, when you say things like, when you go through deep waters, I'll be with you. When you go through difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire, God, you, of oppression, you will not be burnt up. I pray, God, that we believe that. God, there are so many dreams. There are so many opportunities. There are so many possibilities this year. God, I pray that we have the courage to do that. And God, for, for others of us who are praying right now, this is their first uh, in a long time. This is their first time in a, in a long time coming back to you. God, I pray that they would say, Jesus, I give you my life. I give you all that I am. I'm, 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 I'm consciously doing this. I, I'm coming close. And I'm saying, God, give me, give me ears to hear you Give me eyes to see you. Give me the courage to do what you've called me to do. But this morning, I am giving you my life. God, would you forgive me of my sin? Would you, would you, uh, would you fill me with your spirit? God, I pray that that would be a prayer, the prayer for some of us. God, I know that you are working in the midst of all of us. God, um, allow us to be the people who are tuned in, to tuned in to what you're doing. And God, thank you. Thank you for being a God who, who's committed to us, that you continually have told, you've told us that there's no way anyone can snatch you out. No one can snatch you from my grip. 
God, thank you for that. Thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.